Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Today, on our Wednesday mailbag edition of the Minnesota Football Party, I've got announcer analytics for the Vikings-Giants wildcard matchup. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Today, I'm going to do a little deep dive and let you know why Dexter Lawrence is the guy you need to watch out for this Sunday versus the Giants. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Minnesota Football Party, now four days a week throughout this playoff run and beyond. I'm Sam Ekstrom, again, joined by Luke Inman. Uh, Find us on Twitter. I'm at Sam Ekstrom, just my name. He's at Luke underscore Spinman, if you wonder why we, we, uh, we call him the Spinman once in a while. Luke, plenty to get to on today's show. We're getting into uh, Dalvin Cook's struggles in the run game. There's a new stat that reveals maybe how much he's struggled this year. Uh, We'll touch on needs in the draft and free agency, and we'll talk about who we'd rather play in the second round if it comes to that in the divisional round of the playoffs. But first, make sure to check us out on Amazon Fire or Roku. The Lockdown Sports Minnesota app allows you to get all of our shows, which you can also get on YouTube. Subscribe for free to Lockdown Sports Minnesota or our audio podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're free and available. Locked on Sports Minnesota, get the party, get the Ron Johnson show, the Vikings postcast, and plenty more. Luke Inman, my man, Wednesday morning, uh, we're four days away from Vikings-Giants. How are you feeling? It's starting to feel real, man. Yeah, like you said, just three more bedtimes here until playoff football is in the backyard at U.S. Bank Stadium. That place is going to be rocking. It's going to be electric. I can't wait. So we, we'd like to start out these shows with any news updates, uh, if there's anything to talk about. I don't think there really is. I think Tuesday was pretty quiet. Uh, the Vikings will practice today, Wednesday afternoon, and then we'll get some injury information, but not a lot to report. I think Wednesday is when the news really starts pouring in from both sides. Sounds like the Giants are going to get some, some pieces back, maybe in that secondary, Adoree Jackson. And we're still waiting to see on Garrett Bradbury and Blake Brandle who is going to play. If you were just... If you're a betting man, Luke, who do you think is going to be the offensive line on Sunday for the Vikings? You know, going all the way back a couple weeks ago when this injury first happened, the early signs from everything I heard, sources close to the team, said this injury's not looking great. Now, things could have changed from then to now. He could have gone through some good rehab. Things can heal quickly, as we know. But I'm just not betting on Garrett Bradbury and that injury as of now, especially after what we saw from Chris Reed last week. Things looked a lot more comfortable. The nuances, the timing, the chemistry with that center quarterback exchange looked good. So uh, if I was a betting man right now, I would put it at about 70, maybe 80% chance we see Chris Reed lined up at center come Sunday. And I think Brandle is probably more likely to play. They opened up his return window. I think Brandle probably more likely than Udo. 
mm-hmm. I think I like that. I think I loved what I saw from Blake Brandle this year. I think that that could be a big lift on the outside. If you can at least take away those edge rushers a little bit, not have to always devote a tight end to Oliudo's side, that could be pretty big. Uh, this is a mailbag show, so we will take the questions that you sent in to us, and let's just pay this off right away. Um, I am an announcing nerd. I'm a play-by-play nerd, and I, at one point, Crunch the numbers on announcers' record when they call Vikings games. I did that at the old job, zonecoverage.com. That article still exists, by the way. Um, Who, the who's your favorite, is, Sam? Who's the guy you look up to as a kid, whether it's yeah. radio tuning in on Sundays or hoping, you know, okay, hopefully the Vikings get this crew this week? Who's your guy? Yeah, so I'm a huge Joe Buck apologist. Mm-hmm. I, I think Joe Buck's highly underrated. I think the last 12 or so years of his run has been phenomenal. He, he did start out rough. I get why people you know ripped on him. Uh, he was kind of low energy. He didn't hit the big moments. I get it, but he's really figured it out. I love and respect Joe Buck. I think he's a pro. Um, Ian Eagle is outstanding, and people still sleep on Ian. Like He's not the number one guy at CBS. That's Nance, but I think Ian Eagle is versatile. He just punctuates every big moment. He's got a great sense for it. Ian Eagle, and then Kevin Harlan's great. I don't know if I love him on TV. I think he's more of a radio specialist in my eyes, where I think he really thrives and he can he, use he his paints full the picture vocabulary. so detailed and so well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the announcer on Sunday is the new Fox A team. It's not Buck. It would have been Buck, but it's Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. And the question is, where do they rank in recent Vikings win loss? Well, I've got that for you. And let me tell you, anti gravity 19, it is great news. For the Vikings, Luke, in Kevin Burkhart's tenure as a Fox announcer, his record when calling Vikings games, 11-2-2. Wow. Wait, two ties in there? He had both of the Green Bay ties. Wow. In 13 and 18. Um, But he had the Green Bay win back in week one of this year. He had the Green Bay win last year as well when they had that big come from behind Jefferson touchdown late 34 31 walk-off field goal uh Burkhart is like one of the best announcers to have if you think there's any connection between announcer and result this is the best possible outcome so I don't know why they even need to play the game Luke I think it's right. over. why even show up I mean yeah show that to the Giants they'll understand Brian Dable mm-hmm. he'll get it no need to play this game and suit up so how about just Kirk Cousins? We all know the narrative of he's lights out. He's a Hall of Famer. Put him in Canton when he plays at noon. What about the 330 slot? How does he fare at 330? Yeah, funny you ask. I happen to have that pulled up. Um, so Kirk Cousins is notoriously the noon baller, right? Mm-hmm. Noon record career. 55 wins, 32 losses, one tie. Okay, Hall of Fame. Like, from a winning percentage standpoint, Crazy. if that was his overall record, that yeah. is, like, Hall of Fame caliber. Um, late afternoons, 7 and 16. Ooh. Primetime, 11 and 18. So, what is that? So, if it's after noon, right. 18 and 34 total. If it's not noon. That's not Hall of Fame. Not Luke. great. That's not great, Not Bob. great. Not right. great. Um, I think that there is some validity to saying that when you play primetime games, you're playing really good teams, and Kirk Cousins has not always been the best team in those matchups. He's often playing teams better than than his, but that still is, I mean, what from a like 
uh, 300 winning percentage, 350. Yeah. Yep. Not 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 great. So th- that is definitely in play. I'm trying right. to think of recent late game, like the, the Cowboys loss, I think Cowboys was a late was game. Tough. Eagles yep. loss, late mm-hmm. game. Packers loss, late afternoon game. Uh, so that's not not really lending itself to that theory either. So you got the poor 330 time slot stats going on in history, but we got Burkhart and Greg Olson. We got the A-team, and we're what, 11, out. 2, and 2. So the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. We'll see <laughs> We'll see which one ends up shaking out the winner come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, we got a question from Frederick Sukup at 21st Century Fred. Hopefully I got that right, Freddie. Um, how does Arif feel about his squad's chances against the 49ers? Well, Arif's not here today. He'll be here tomorrow, so we can get his thoughts then. But Seahawks, 49ers, Seattle's going in 10-point dogs into San Francisco. If they are going to pull that upset, Luke, and give the Vikings another home game, what do you think the formula is there to kind of hold? the? I mean, the 49ers, we talk about their defense, but I think it's like last six weeks with Brock Purdy, their offense is the best in the league and McCaffrey's a big part of that what's the key to beating them I think you got to look at Brock Purdy right just the fact that he's never start he's a rookie he's never started a playoff game in his career you got to get in his head you got to get in his psyche early on hit him force him to make some errant throws at some point Tariq Woolen arguably one of the top three defensive rookies in this class big boy reminds you a lot of Richard Sherman he's got his hands on the ball quite a bit a lot of these games comes down to coaching Pete Carroll versus you know the brainchild right now Shanahan that's going to be interesting to see how both both coaches kind of drop their weekly game plan and try to exploit each team's weaknesses, which as we know, Sam, San Francisco just doesn't have a lot of weaknesses right now, top to bottom on their team. We haven't had to dig into Seattle much this year because the Vikings didn't play them, but I feel like they've kind of shifted their offensive approach a little bit from Russell because remember the complaint was, is that let Russ cook. They're running the ball so much. Just let Russ cook. And they didn't do it. They just ran, ran, ran. Well, They've kind of flipped it with Geno a little bit. They're 15th in pass attempts, 22nd in rush attempts, but they're really efficient when they run the ball because Kenneth Walker's been so good. Geno Smith uses his legs. Um, It's kind of a cool offense. And I know they don't have like an immense amount of talent, but Walker's an awesome rookie. DK Metcalf, uh, Metcalf is legit. Geno Smith has had such an underrated year that I think it'd be cool even if he gives them a really good game, they hang 28 points, even if they lose, I think it'd be cool to see Gino kind of thrive on this stage after the season he's had. Like, how how cool would that be if Seattle rolls in there and mm. Gino looks like the better quarterback? going to be interesting to see once the year's over though for both these teams Mm -hmm. what they do at the quarterback position remember Seattle playing with house money right now 10 point dogs they shouldn't even be in the playoffs according to a lot of preseason early projections it's going to be interesting though Sam with that top five pick if they do decide to go with a quarterback early in that draft and plenty of time to get into draft talk which we will over the next few months but I'm circling that team as a possible quarterback team knowing that the big three are going to be out there will leave us from Kentucky CJ Stroud Ohio State and Bryce Young Alabama or did they see enough similar to the Detroit situation with Jared Goff did they see enough in those quarterbacks to say we can roll with this guy we can win with this guy let's just keep surrounding them with talent San Francisco what are you going to do Jimmy G you going to bring him back is the future still in Trey Lance you traded the farm for Trey Lance a few years ago or 
now that you've seen the sample size with Brock Purdy, especially if he can win a few playoff games, is the future now in Brock Purdy's hands. It's going to be interesting to see both these teams, what they end up doing this offseason at that quarterback position, win or lose this Saturday. Yeah, 49ers are in the driver's seat. Um, even though like Grappolo's not under contract for them, so they, they mm-hmm. don't really have control of him, but they've got two potential starters for next year. And if Purdy goes and wins a Super Bowl, you can't take him out of that role. Then he's Tom Brady. Right. Uh, so then you've got the number three pick sitting on the bench, which is well, going to be an awkward situation. What if he pulls a Jimmy G, gets him to the Super Bowl, but loses, has a couple bad throws, a couple bad plays, and then all offseason everybody's saying, look at San Francisco. They got the team. They need the quarterback. Brock Purdy ain't it. And, of course, that would be pretty knee-jerk reaction. He would have only started, what, seven, eight games at that point. But still, nonetheless, do they give the keys back to Trey Lance at some point? Who knows how long Trey Lance is even going to be out, by the way. That was a nasty, mm-hmm. brutal ankle injury. I know it happened early in the season, but that rehab and road to recovery could take a while, too. So Brock Purdy, I think, could be the front runner, I guess, of those three names to be the starting quarterback next year for the Niners. It's a win-win. I mean, if there's any team that's proved the value of stockpiling capable quarterbacks, it's San Francisco. And if Lance is willing, you know, if he sticks around as a quality backup, great for them. If not, if there's rumblings, if he says, guys, I want to be traded, I don't want to, I don't want to sit on the bench. I don't want to do this. Okay. We'll just trade you for a first round pick or two first round picks. Like it's a great situation for San Francisco. Seattle, though, Gino's a free agent. So what do you do with a 32-year-old quarterback who just had a career year? You're not going to give him four years, not after kind of the, you know, just the the random nature of a of one really big year at that age. I don't think he's going to get massive money, but whoever pays him, it's kind of like Case Keenum. When you have your your best season at an advanced age, it's a risk. It's a gamble. And Denver learned the hard way that when you give out those deals, it doesn't always work out the way you want, especially with him changing teams. It just might not be a great fit wherever he goes next. So Seattle's in a much tougher spot. And you don't plan on being able to pick in the top five. What a luxury being able to pick in the top five from that Russell Wilson trade. So maybe now is the time to strike while the iron's hot and you have this opportunity in a great quarterback draft class too. That's if any of the big three even fall to them at five. We could see them go one, two, three, bang, 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 knowing that Chicago will likely sell that number one pick to the highest bidder. Houston Texans have to take a quarterback. That's probably two. And then the Arizona Cardinals at three, they could trade out of that spot as well. Or they could take a quarterback after this uh, coaching fire. I think the GM stepped down as well. Maybe a new era. The winds of change are shifting over there in Arizona. Maybe the Kyler Murray era is over in Arizona too. A lot to be discussed. Going to be a dramatic and wild offseason and draft process as well. No doubt. Question from Kai. Actually, hold off on that. I'm going to tell you about betonline.net. Let's check the lines. Uh, they bring us uh, every show. BetOnline.net. We like to 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 speculate and how the line's going to move. Well, the Vikings Giants line really hasn't moved a lot the last three days. Vikings still three point favorites against the Giants. San Francisco, by the way, favored by nine and a half now. A little money coming in on Seattle in that game. You can get all the NFL playoff lines, MLB for next season, NBA and NHL right now. It's all there. BetOnline.net. Check it out on your mobile device. They've got great sports podcasts there as well. And it remains your number one source for sports wagering info. Bet online where the game starts. Now we get to Kai. 
Luke, you have long said, and when I say long, I mean the last three, four weeks, you don't want to face San Francisco. You want no part of it. So would you rather face the 49ers on the road or would you welcome the Cowboys who beat you by 37 in a rematch back at U.S. Bank Stadium? That's what Kai wants to know. I understand the debate and the question because the Cowboys came into your house and just kicked your rear end not that long ago. But I still think at the end of the day, you got to go Cowboys no matter what. Because first of all, you are getting them at home again. Niners, you're facing them on the road. And it's just so clear and obvious, like a lot of teams, just how much advantage the Vikings do have when they play at U.S. Bank Stadium. And their road versus home splits, too, are just night and day. But even outside of that, if this matchup was on a neutral field, let's say, I'd still take the Cowboys because... When I look at these two teams, man, I, I I can't name one thing the Cowboys do significantly better than the 49ers right now. They're just a more complete team top to bottom. The Cowboys have a good offense. The Niners have a great offense. The Cowboys have a great defensive line and pass rush. The Niners have an elite defensive line and pass rush. The one thing you can point to is the experience between Dak Prescott over Brock Purdy. We kind of just touched on that. Sure, okay, but I've seen enough now, and I think a lot of people have to say Purdy is doing much more than just holding his own and holding back that offense. And maybe it's more Shanahan than it is Purdy, but nonetheless, Purdy is playing at such a high level right now. You could easily make a case he's playing better than even Dak Prescott the last four or five games in the small sample size. So it's the Cowboys for me all day. Better matchup, even despite the fact, yes, you're right. I get it, Kai. They did blow us out of the water last time around. I think if they were to play again, that game looks a lot different. It's really tough to beat the same team twice in this league on any given year. And I think especially knowing you'd get them at home again, it's kind of a no-brainer. I absolutely just want nothing to do with the 49ers. I would rather almost go into Philly than play the 49ers in San Francisco. They're just on fire. Clearly one of the best teams in the NFC top to bottom, even with Brock Purdy at quarterback, even the coaching, Sam. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I think Mike McCarthy might be on the hot seat. If this game if comes down to, yeah, if this game comes down to coaching, give me Shanahan versus uh, McCarthy all day. So yeah, I would much rather face McCarthy and the Cowboys in this given situation from Kai. When I think of the Cowboys, I mean, I think of Tony Pollard. Like he was so dominant in that forty to three win. I, I I don't know how the Vikings really stopped their run game with those two. I think Pollard is way better than Zeke. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's what scares me about that game. But everything but doesn't McCaffrey scare you? But everything that's no, that's what I'm gonna say. Everything that scares me about the Cowboys, I feel like the 49ers do like either as well or better, and it's yeah. on the road. Like right. there, there's plenty of scariness about Dallas. Don't get me wrong. But everybody's good does at it this all point. well. Yeah, every team is good at this point, right? But which one would you rather face? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, McCaffrey and McCaffrey has not lost, right? Like they have not suffered defeat since he went there. I don't believe so. No. Well, I mean, what what an how can you stop it? George Kittle. I mean, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel Mm -hmm. getting healthy, uh, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle, Trent Williams in there. I mean, just top to bottom, man. And and then you got Shanahan calling the shots. It's just brutal. So, yeah, just top to bottom, they're unbelievable right now. Yeah, there's a lot of talk that running backs don't matter. And mm. I, I think you have to zoom in a little bit sometimes and identify situations where, yeah, that that guy matters. Christian McCaffrey matters when he is healthy. He's a game changer. And when you couple him with an offense that is run so efficiently by Kyle Shanahan and so ingeniously – it's a match made in heaven for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So something something crazy needs to happen for them to lose. 
Um, it's probably going to be it's going to be special teams plays. It's going to be fumbles. It's going to be you know probably some unsustainable stuff that has to happen for them to to bow out in these playoffs. And speaking of running backs, Luke, I've got a concerning Dalvin Cook stat for you as well, Luke. But before we get to that, I've got to tell you about Built Bar and the wonderful new options they have. These unbelievable flavors: churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And you're thinking to yourself, well, that sounds great, but aren't those pretty sweet? Don't they, aren't those high in sugar, high in fat? No, they're not. They've got amazing macros, and they're still covered in 100% real chocolate, but only 4 grams of sugar, only 130 calories, and 17 grams of protein to fuel you. They are revolutionizing what a protein bar looks like. So if you've got some New Year's resolutions, you want to eat a little healthier, Built Bar is a great way to start because they are so tasty. They're so delicious with that real chocolate. And you can find them at built.com, of course, but you can also go in store to Walmart, get the four box, go to uh, Sam's Club, get the 13 bar box with unbelievable new flavors, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff, brownie batter, churro, you name it. Built has it. Check it out in store or online at built.com. It's Built Bar. So delicious. Good stat today. I want to make sure I credit who has it. Tej Seth um, at Tej FB Analytics. He's got the rush yards overexpected for all the running backs in 2022. Travis Etienne is first, by the way, for Jacksonville, who is in the playoffs. Uh, and Luke, you should have been betting on them all year. You should have stuck to your guns with Jacksonville in our little game. Burned contest. me. Yep. Who is all the way at the, bo- uh, the bottom? But Dalvin Cook. Almost minus 200 yards under expected obviously a tough stat to to kind of wrap your head around because it's theoretical but this is supposed to be independent of offensive line right like this is supposed to be what what you are faced with this is how you perform so yes you can say the vikings offensive line has not been as good at run blocking there have been a lot of negative plays hit in the backfield this is supposed to account for all that and still dalvin cook is not performing up to expectation on a play-by-play basis. What do you make of that, Luke? Have you observed those signs of decline? Leads the league, Sam, in runs for no gain or less. When you combine that and couple it with the fact of what you just mentioned, last in yards per carry over expected, minus 1.2 yards per carry. A full yard as far as, again, what he's expected to do. Tied for the league lead in fumbles loss. Third to last in total EPA. I think PFF's got him as like the 47th ranked running back right now. Not like bottom of the starters, 31, 32, 33. 47th we all know his contract fourth highest paid at the position yeah knee-jerk reaction I mean obviously there's not a lot of people here in this fan base who sit down and watch Viking games who don't love Dalvin Cook it's nothing personal against Dalvin Cook by any means he's still a blue chip still a top five running back at the position he's a game changer the Colts screen pass to tie the game he's still that guy but just on a down-to-down play-to-play week-to-week consistent basis He's just lost something. And I don't know if it's the new scheme throughout his career. He's always banged up a little bit. I'm not sure if he's 100% healthy. I don't know if it is his offensive line. Right now, when you just combine all those factors into play, it's just been kind of a frustrating year to sit down and watch Delvin Cook just not be the same guy that we're used to on a game-by-game basis. And then you got a guy like Alexander Madison. Yeah, he doesn't offer you the home run play, 
the big grand slam that you need, but just a consistent, you know, moving the chains three, four, five, six yards when he touches the ball. So yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, Sam, but when I just look at everything as a whole, clearly something's up with Dalvin Cook. I have a hard time thinking it's just, ah, he's getting a little bit older or maybe he's a little bit banged up. There has to be something going on with this scheme and maybe the offensive yeah. line shifting over the last few weeks as well. Yeah. Um, apologies for those on video who saw my uh, dog's butt there about one minute ago. <laughs> Um, they, so I've got a couple theories. Uh, Dalvin Cook's vision has always been one of his great characteristics. I think the scheme change might affect the vision because Dalvin excelled at finding the holes, knowing exactly where the cutback lane was. And even if it was just, just an infinitesimal just a little crease, he knew where to go. Haven't seen that same type of vision this year, and that would maybe explain this stat. Um, might also, you know, I don't think Dalvin is getting away from as many tacklers as maybe he used to, so when he gets hit in the backfield, he's going down. Mm -hmm. um, he's not escaping tackles like he did in the past, and I could look this up on PFF if I had a little more time, but they do have missed tackles forced on there. I imagine that that's down this year because he's not getting away like he used to. And if obviously, if he broke a few of those, that would increase his rush yards over expected. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I don't know if his lack of, uh, you know, broken tackles reflects like a decline physically. If he's just not quite as strong. Um, now my dog's doing crazy upstairs, <laughs> but Dalvin's also been playing with a harness for like 13 weeks like that's a great let's, point let's admit that too and he deserves credit for playing in 17 games but right. he's not 100 percent for 17 games either uh it's a shame because i think we all waited for this this season to come around like okay what can dalvin cook do in a full season can he flirt with 2,000 yards well right. we saw it this year and they didn't run it very much like 28th in the league in in attempts but it wasn't quite what we expected. Yeah, and, um, and, and to your point, too, if vision is his number one asset and weapon, then the acceleration and burst was his second. That's his number two threat. I don't know, six years in the league. I don't know how many carries. We know he's got a lot of wear and tear on his body. You would think that, well, all right, he should be good for another couple of years. But even just the slightest drop-off in your athletic ability from your maybe five to six, and you lose that little bit of edge that made you different and unique and special, I'm not saying he's lost that burst entirely but if that's what made him so lethal and dangerous out in the open field and that is diminished at all and I can't say for sure I haven't looked at the next gen stats or anything like that but I'd be interested to see if that acceleration and burst has dropped off at all because that is what made him so dangerous when he came out of FSU and those first few years that we saw him and if you think about the 64 yard screen pass touchdown against mm -hmm. the Colts the speed is still there. The still top there. end speed is still there. And I think we see bursts at times. I think that in the open field, he's still as dangerous as ever. The Buffalo Bills run. He's mm -hmm. pulling away from athletic defensive backs in the secondary. Right. So it's not so much that he can't run fat. Like Adrian Peterson toward the end, I, I feel like he was noticeably slower. Yeah, lost the I, juice. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case with Dalvin. I think it's a little more nuanced than that. He's just, he's not pulling away quite like he used to. Maybe he's being a little more cautious. I mean, he's he's taken so many hits, been injured so many times. Maybe he's just a little more cautious than the way he runs. And that recklessness that he ran with suited him well when he was healthy, but it also got him hurt.
So I think you have to. So what do you do if you're a coach and you do notice that, all right, this player's playing a little tentative. He's, he's not being loose and creative and aggressive like he used to be. What do you do as a coach knowing that, all right, well, when he's playing at his best, he's one of the best in the league. He's a game changer. I need him out on the field. But if he's not playing up to his ability because there's something psychologically maybe that's holding him back and doesn't want the wear and tear, doesn't want to get hurt, wants to make sure he has the longevity, what do you do as a coach? I think in this situation, this week, you say, all right, Dalvin, you made it through 17 games. Congratulations. Here we are. This mm-hmm. is time for you to, to let it rip. Like, we managed your snaps. We managed your, your practice load. We got you here so that you could be vintage Dalvin. There's no I tomorrow. Think you just got to pour that into him mm-hmm. because they may need to lean on him. And I don't know if it's the Giants game. I don't know if it's the 49ers game. I tend to think that if you're going to go on the road and win in these playoffs, Dalvin Cook is a massive piece of that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Huge. Yeah. No, so, that's a good point. I like that. Um, that's about it, Luke. We are, and let me get this in, in case this is important. Vikings roster move. Blake Brandle designated for return. So that could be big. Um, and we mentioned that earlier in the show. This doesn't guarantee he plays. But it means he's going to practice. He's going to practice today, tomorrow, Friday, if it works out. Then he is going to play, I think. He'll be your starter at right tackle. And that could be a big boost to that that offensive line. So a little breaking news for you to end the show. Sorry about the dog. Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. He's on Twitter. We're back with the crew tomorrow. Actually, I'm out. Luke runs the show. I'm on a hockey bus. But Arif Hassan, Tom Schreier, Luke Braun, they'll all be with you. You guys will talk more Vikings-Giants. Uh, and I'm Sam Ekstrom on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Uh, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Locked On Sports Minnesota, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find the Minnesota Football Party four days a week. Have a good one, everybody, and we'll see you Thursday. Welcome to the party, the Wednesday mailbag edition of the Minnesota Football Party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and today I've got some juicy announcer math. No, that was dumb. Let me try something else.